welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast, another playground session, and this time it's a quick fire live on the IG. What did you do before calisthenics? Uh, so yeah, Jacko, rugby player. I played rugby as well. Um, a lot of gym stuff. I'd kind of played around and explored a number of different things in the gym for a while because I started my career as a strength and conditioning coach about 10, 11 years ago. Um, so yeah, just trying lots of different forms of training and consistently training during that period of time. But um, body weight was part of that, but not at all focused towards things like handstands and muscle-ups. You just done a load of like most of we. I was always crap at bench press, shoulder press. My upper body strength was never that great, um, but I was. My, I played fullback or wing, so I had to be fast and sort of quick and powerful for my own body weight. So did a lot of. Um, I was always good at like plyometric work, so jumping, um, and could uh, I think I'd squatted maybe one sixty for a few reps. But I used to enjoy we'd do things like the lower body work. It would be like complexes where you go from like a heavy squat into um, into some some depth jumps or some plyometric work where you feel you like you're buzzing afterwards. It's one of those weird ones where you um, you have massive rest in between, like we five minutes in between. Um, but then when you go when you when you've recovered from it and then you come back in a couple of weeks later and your vertical jumps I had my PB vertical jump was 90 centimetres I was very proud of that Start, how did you measure that? because I started against the wall with a vertical jump yeah. Yeah. I started at 65 I put on 25 centimetres uh, Power Panda how important is flexibility in calisthenics? Uh, it's a good question what about in life? <laughs> uh, yeah in terms of being able to make the right body shapes mobility flexibility however you want to kind of frame that is really important if you want to create a really grong, strong handstand position we need good range of movement in the shoulders um, flexibility just needs to be considered in, in context with um, control so we may have mobility but we also need stability and control through those ranges as well otherwise we can just get uncontrolled joint positions so stretching in itself is one form of improving flexibility but to complete the loop you need to make sure that you're also strong through that range of movement as well um, but it is important if you want to try and get into any straddle positions if you want to try and get into like I said handstands even muscle-ups of getting good body positions in, um, in the setup being able to get the elbow behind the body so that's one of the real benefits I think of calisthenics is it forces you to start to address some of the issues that you have around your flexibility and mobility that you could probably hide from if you were doing more traditional or standard weight-based training um, you've had to do quite a lot of work yeah. on and you, I think, flexibility. Yeah, it's one of those things that if you want to be able to do something and do it well, you need to, you need to move well. You need you need to have that range because it's going to restrict you at some point. It might be just you can't get through. Um, you're not very good at. You can't go very deep on your dips, and you, you therefore can't get through um, your transition of your muscle up. Not because you're not strong enough. You might have plenty of strength in the bank, but you're actually just restricted at the shoulder, and you can't get into that extension. So um, it's something that you need to also have for a good, healthy, functioning body that's going to be. Um, good to you and a good piece of kit to you as you get older um, is going to be something that you're going to want to do so um, the, after the framework that we developed for calisthenics incorporates these these two pillars movement and strength and we need those two things we need movement and we need to be strong through that movement like just Tim said and the two are equally important some people need to improve both some people need to improve one um, it depends for, for certain movements we're all generally going to want to improve all sorts of things that we go through I just want to say Graham that's the 71 year old that we 
our oldest student. He's he's just logged in oh, on the live. Nice. So I'm sure he'll say hi to in us Tenerife in a second. He has, yeah, Tenerife. I think he's I think he's back now. And Tiago, a big fan from Brazil. Um, he was getting a handstand but broke his wrist, and now I can't do it anymore. So sorry to hear about that. I hope you didn't break your wrist doing a handstand. Um, one thing why I picked that one out was just that. Um, Think about what else you can do whilst you're recovering from your wrist injury. So it might be that you try and frame a a injury as an opportunity. So focus on your lower body, start to think about mobility, start to think about some core work that you can potentially do that doesn't involve you having to to be on your hands or or to grip or hold anything. So um, it can be frustrating when you get injured, but there's generally something you can probably find to do um, to keep yourself moving forwards in other areas. So yeah, try and think about something positive to fill that time up. Uh, someone else was asking where we where are we live from? We are in the United Kingdom in Nottingham. That's where we are. Uh, Sooty, question for the flag. I'm training the flag um, in bands, green and purple, getting max holds of 20 to 30 seconds. Is this a good way of getting there along with the strength training? Jacko, head of human flags. Um, so I so personally, some of the so what's the what's the good thing about using the band to help you support in that full position? It means you're giving the brain the chance to feel what the entire movement looks like. So getting the idea of how the whole kinetic chain needs to stack up and needs to activate together, great it's the dependent on the band that you're using is only going to be an intensity um it's going to be obviously a lower intensity than you're going to need to for the full thing so i would have it as one part of my training more sat in the movement patterning aspect of the of the framework and our applied strength work to be getting used to unsupported but working on the sort of your vertical and your tuck flag positions that should in our opinion be your priority as so like i presume if you're doing it with a purple and a green band that it will um you can get into some decent shapes um but you want to upgrade that system you need to start that that triangle that push and pull getting that strong enough and getting firing neurally how it's got to be maximal in that position um even just in a vertical flag where your toes are just hovering off the floor like that's not easy when you can do that like you, you you're getting close to breaking the back of it when you can hold a tucked position with your knees in tight like you've really broken the back of it and you are going to get there by creating more time and tension that at that high intensity you just when you've got a green or purple band around your feet you can feel quite comfortable there and you're not sending the signal to the brain of how to fire maximally there. You can almost build up some, um, you're going to get that pattern, but you're almost going to build up a little bit of like endurance of how to hold there, but, but well, at 20, a low level. 20 to 30 seconds is quite a long time for those holds. Yeah. I'm probably looking for a more difficult progression that you can hold for longer to start to create some more strength-based adaptation. Yeah, so it's great for the, the movement pattern, the whole connection. Yes, definitely. I'll put it in, um, let's put it in weightlifting lifting perspective if i wanted to lift my target was 200 kilos for my deadlift sake i'm a beast i'm not going to get there by doing loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of reps at 50 agreed um that was a good analogy yeah. right i like that how did the school of calisthenics start a little bit because we started messing about with some training in calisthenics for our own enjoyment um we weren't very good everyone laughed at us um and then we got okay because we started breaking down some of the exercise science behind it based on our experience of strength and conditioning coaches 
Uh, and then we started teaching ourselves to do things that we thought were impossible. Um, and that's where the redefine your impossible came from, really, that we, uh, yeah, we, we, we were able to break the back of a few things by just breaking it down to first principles and training with a, with a progressive and systematic approach. And then other people started asking us to train them. So we then just, it, it started very organically. It was never, it was never yeah. the plan. It was really just us messing about in the gym. It, yeah, you were never... trying to fix your shoulder from dislocating. Yeah. I'd finished playing rugby and had got bored of normal training. We were looking for something a bit different just purely for our own enjoyment mm. that's how it started and I think that's something that we've took we've took through that enjoyment of, of trying to make sure that we maintain that as we go through and I think people people or people feed back to us that they they see that and they feel it themselves um, and we were we were beginners um, we were proper, proper beginners we didn't know when I, I always tell this story because it's true when I first tried to do a frog stand I just fell on my face um, that's the sort of level we were at so it wasn't a pretty start um, but as Tim said we then just we broke it down and, and looked at um, those principles that we'd used with all the Paralympic athletes that we train that we have to change the training environment to be able to suit them and their needs and um, and the, the the school of casting it started then off the back of that the fact that yeah some people asked us to put a workshop on to teach them and that when we were trying to find ways to um, learn a human flag learn handstand learn muscle up we just didn't find information that was available for us to follow as beginners we weren't we didn't have any gymnastics background you know Tim had dislocated a shoulder multiple times I've broken my scapula in two places and dislocated a seizure we've got all these this baggage of injuries from our previous life and training experience that we needed a, a solution that could meet us where we we're at and so that's where a lot of you are from and uh, we want to help you enjoy your calisthenics training um, and help you progress as much as as much as we can now, this is an interesting question Samson London can you recommend exercises for building lower back strength for building planche holes and how to structure a session so the interesting thing to think about from a uh, the, the core perspective think about the spinal stability first for things like the levers and the, and the planche is no different and that we want to be able to create a stable um rock solid pillar through the chain so that we can transfer forces um so lower back is going to be part of that but the lower back needs to be held in a position which is in a neutral spine but probably actually slightly off because you're going to be in a hollow body so it's not going to be perfect in that regard um if you wanted to go super specific, I'd be thinking about sort of prone um, bench holds. So you could you do some work in a ham raise. Yeah, glute ham raise. So actually sort of getting into that position of hooking the, 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 the knees under, like the bottom of a Nordic for hamstrings, something like that, where you're working in a prone position, unsupported, um, and you're actually driving quite a lot of weight from the from the hips, um, or for, yeah, from the, the anchor being at the lower body. Um, and I think a lot of work just in terms of upgrading the core perspective of being able to uh, do rollouts on on potentially uh, like ab wheel rollouts, that sort of thing, ring rollouts. For me, when I train planche, and my straddle planche, my core doesn't feel like it's the weak link. I have to work hard to keep a hollow body. So potentially I'm almost inclined to go into an arch as opposed to feeling like I'm weak there. So that would that would lead me to think that doing too much stuff, which is going to encourage a hyperextension, which is going to be focused on the back, might have a negative effect on actually pulling you into an anterior post uh, into a, um, an anterior tilt in the pelvis so the pelvis moving forwards and creating a dish in the low back so i would actually be focusing quite a lot on hollow bodies um, and those kind of movements and progressions where I'm, I'm stabilizing the anterior chain rather than the posterior so i might just flip that around a little bit 
And in terms of structuring a, a session, I found plunge training to be really boring. Um, it's very isometric based. I actually started putting more strength work in there to focus on the straight arm strength. So even things like ring dips and working into straight arm positions uh, in between each rep or at the end of each rep and uh, doing quite a lot of plunge push-ups. But to be honest, I got to a point where the statics, the isometric holds were just not that fun for me. Um, I was enjoying the strength components a bit more. So in terms of structuring a session, yes, you can do isometrics. Yes, there's a strength component. I think putting in some isometric holds with some strength development specifically for the planche and be prepared to take some time over it because it gives you very little back there's some things in calisthenics where you get a good return with a with a planche it is very very marginal um and i think that's that 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 seems to be the experience of a lot of people because a lot of people talk about how long it takes and how difficult a thing it is to learn but straddle is probably fairly achievable if you've got some good handstand pushing strength and you can convert that into a good tuck plunge position um, and then starting to play around the distribution of weight and that sort of thing so yeah there's plenty in there to talk about it's fairly complex move uh, Sanketa Putale or something um, <laughs> apologies sorry um, sorry Carlos thanks for some time uh, what are some exercises and diet plans for gaining mass well we try to focus um, on what we can do with our bodies as opposed to how they look so rather than trying to get bigger or get smaller or get more whatever whatever the outcome we try to encourage the outcome to be movement based so what can you do with your body can it can you is that a movement thing is it a strength thing but work towards um, a tangible outcome that you can do with your body is what we'd recommend and in terms of things to follow in the virtual classroom we've got classes for all those specific movements whether the handstands whether it's frog handstand whether it's muscle ups whether it's flags whether you're just a beginner and you want the whole foundation class where you're working towards your first pull up push up um, or dip we We've got that all in there and we're currently working with a health coach on um, a health and nutrition class, which will cover what you need to be fueling your body with and eating. So that is all to come very soon. Harsh Conda, do abs play a big role in doing back and front flips? When I've done back flips yeah, at the gymnastics club with Sam Oldham, the GB gymnast, the next day my abs are in bits yeah two but things more because it's stretching fat yeah. you think what creates doms eccentrics and fa- and, and and fast movements yeah and also the tuck the rotation of starting oh. to cramp quick or to, to move quickly yeah. into the tuck position so uh yes they do play a big role it's not going to be the sole driver but they are a supporting kind of exit movement um do you need to train abs for flips probably, probably not massively we do it as part of just doing your flip training yeah. but um, and we are not flippers no so no we're not Oh, Graham got back last night. Good, good flight, Graham. Hello from Indonesia. <laughs> Hello. Um, how much time will it take you? How to build muscle? Just so that volume. Oh. You need to pack a load of volume into your program. Um, you can get quite specific. If I would recommend you go and read some bodybuilding type literature because that will tell you what the, the the guys that get very good at building muscle do. Um, but the the crux of that is potentially around, or it is around time and attention using the appropriate intensities. You can do it with with calisthenics and body weight training. But if you want to be a bodybuilder, you're much better off to do that with um, using weights and barbells and dumbbells because it's uh, they're the better tools for the job. But regular training and you can if you gear your calisthenics training towards volume and intensity you will you will benefit you will get some massive development but um yeah go and learn some more about the specifics of that because it's a big subject and um, probably yeah you just if you understand what you're doing in terms of building mass rather than just plugging blindly away then that's actually gonna give you much better results 
There's lots of lovely people like you pronounce his name because you'll do it better than me. Garav. 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 He's always saying hi. He's always been supporting us right from the beginning on Instagram, always commenting and always very uh, complimentary. He's a yoga. Um, very and good. I very, like to see yeah, He's very, very good. And what's nice is he's far better at any sort of uh, <laughs> yoga type position than I am, but he's always very complimentary as, as I continue to work hard on my hip flexibility. Uh, yeah. And someone else are saying hi, champions. You're right there, Dave. Yeah, sorry. Just my arm getting in the way. Um, Greetings from Brazil. We've got Brazil. loads of people from Brazil. Right. Book a tour and we're to, Yeah, let's do it. Who wants us to go to Brazil? Uh, I know that dips are great exercises, but I feel pain right under my collarbone. Do you Ooh, have any tips? Yes. Uh, yeah, you've probably potentially got some uh, some technique issues to have a look at. There's probably potentially also some tightness around the shoulder. Our recommendation whenever you're experiencing pain is to get someone who you know a physiotherapist or a trainer or someone to have a look at it do an assessment it's really difficult for us to diagnose that if we just go oh yeah no probably fine just crack on uh, we could be massively like negligent in terms of uh, missing something which is quite important so please go and see somebody if you're experiencing pain that is our standard response to anything like that so um, we'll, we'll never give up advice on pain yeah. because we can't see you and we can't diagnose it or analyze we're not even allowed to diagnose ourselves because we're not medical professionals um, strength and conditioning coaches aren't medical people yeah but in terms of your dips it's trying to make sure you get in the head of your humerus and your elbow in good position so you need to be conscious of that and yeah. being able to control your scapula you can try some self-massage techniques we've got lots of that on, on our on our part of the virtual classroom and lots of material we use that a lot so if you do something like that and you play around with it you've got some real trigger points and some nasty sore bits and it improves at the back of doing that I'd invest some time in that but if it doesn't feel good if it's nasty pain um, that's when you need yeah. to go and get checked out you need to yeah you clearly something pain is telling you something's not yeah. right and you need to go and do something about it it's the Ibrahim. same response for Ibrahim has also got sharp pain in his wrist same thing but love um, from India uh, it's love from Nigeria yeah, thanks love from the UK go and get us. some help uh, Samson London Dragon Flags too yeah for any Dragon Flags Breaking I can know just any do lever largely work. any yeah. lever work yeah um, no problem I hope, glad that, hope, hope that advice was helpful thanks Jerry we are the best appreciate that I'm not sure you compare those two but we do love that thank that's you uh, Luke that's good to hear when I started a lot of it seemed impossible then becomes possible with practice it's yes. been good from learning teaching has pushed me to do a bit since my injury yeah good I would say learning. what you were trying to say there was you redefine your impossible yeah. oh great the virtual <laughs> classroom is a brilliant way to learn the basics of calisthenics on brand again thank you for that you are also a legend there we are for the beginner what should we do for a handstand Jacko well you sh we start our hand balancing journey with people um, from the frog stand so there's if you haven't come across a video of us doing a frog stand there'll be plenty on Instagram plenty on YouTube we've got a whole um, we've got two handstand classes in the virtual classroom a beginner's handstand class and the frog to handstand class which is more the strength variation but you basically need to start getting used to using these guys your hands like your feet so so um, in the frog stands, very quickly rush you, go, rush you, take you through it. Uh, hands shoulder width apart, gripping your fingertips. Knees go up onto the back of your elbows, and then you're going to pivot forward. So you're um, balancing purely on your hands. As I say, the first time I ever did that five years ago, I face planted onto the floor. It ended in uh, I wasn't didn't it didn't hurt myself, but because uh, it's not very far down to the floor at that point. Um, but just be careful with it and um, go steady with that. But start to get in used to using your hands like feet to balance. If you think back to when you were trying, well, you won't remember, but if you see a kid trying to learn to walk for the first time they fail many times they don't do any have any coaching they don't do they don't have a coach or anything they just um 
they figure it out and um that is that that process of just giving yourself some time to use those hands like feet. Just go on Google or go to YouTube and search School of Calisthenics Handstand. There's a few tutorials there that are going to yeah, get you started. Series on yeah. there. Um, hey guys, thank you very much for all the lessons and congrats to the great work. Thank you very oh, much. Pleasure. Harsh, what should be the... Um, are the age eight? limit for starting calisthenics well Graham was actually on the live and Graham is 71 he's 71 so we're still waiting to find out we don't know yet we haven't got anybody who's part of our school we don't think who is older than 71 so currently That's the, the age limit we're going to set down is 71 but Graham's getting older all the time so the age limit continues he's to older increase. this year than he was last year yeah um, Gareth my wrist hurts when I do tuck planche mm, yeah I can it grow difficult one because um, you're asking a lot of range at the wrist there aren't you yeah you, try playing around with some hand positions I started yeah, moving my hands out to the side rather than trying to go straight over the front uh, shifts the balance point a little bit which was difficult but yeah and I think potentially you can deload well I, I find that if I deload for a bit and just give some some a bit of rest and also do a little bit of release work around my forearms and triceps um, then that that generally helps but yeah if you've kind of if you've overdone it and you've strained a little bit on one of the the, the, the lines of the sort of inside or outside of the wrist then yeah it can get a little bit niggly um, but my best advice for that is probably just lay off it for a while and just um, give it some time alright so there's a few people there so thanks very much for the questions guys we really appreciate you joining us on a little bit of live Q&A and I hope that we've given some value within that as well yeah no thank you all uh, for tuning in and this is going to go into the podcast as well um so thank you for all the the questions as well as some of the positive messages people um, just feeding back that, that you know that it's been the stuff we've been putting out has been helping graham is going to be 72 this year so it seems like he's getting a year older every year redefining <laughs> the boundaries of calisthenics <laughs> and what age you can start which is awesome so we shall finish up on that bombshell so thank you all for watching and tuning in we look forward to seeing you all again soon until next weekend. week class dismissed I forgot we were doing a podcast then oh, that's right. do we'll, do, we'll, do, yeah, but we'll do a proper ending as well <laughs> alright have a good weekend guys class dismissed <laughs>